I do sometimes worry that sour is used as a term that might be kind of off-putting to people. So the beer world describe the beers that I make as sour, but I mean, in another parallel dimension, they might be described as fruit beer. And sour just wouldn't be a term that would be at the forefront as a descriptor. And sourness might be an element to it, but it wouldn't be the first word that you'd necessarily come to. Hello and welcome to We Are Beer People, a podcast all about the many different people who help us enjoy beer. I'm your host, Rob Cadwell, and I reckon if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you are one of the beer people too. You might be involved in the world of beer, you may want to find out more about the industry, or perhaps you simply enjoy drinking the stuff. So join me now as I have a chat with one of the beer people. It's November, and we're just outside Reading Railway Station, where we're meeting today's guest in the fantastic cellar space of the Three Guineas pub. We'll be chatting with Andy Barnes, who co-owns Dolphin Brewery with his wife, Laura. And they've built up quite the reputation, crafting delicious beers that blend seasonal fruits and combine yeasts and bacteria to create unique brews in perfectly packaged bottles. Andy describes how his hobby of homebrewing got out of control. After winning a homebrew competition, he went from brewing 25-litre batches to transforming his garage into a nanobrewery. So what do you say we head out of the cold and hear their story in the warm embrace of the pub? So, sweet or sour? Sour. Mixed firm or single strain? Oh, that's got to be mixed firm, I would say. Okay, nicely on brand. Uh, <laughs> Lager or ale? Uh, I, th- I think ale for me, yeah. Bottle or can? Um, well, again, as, as most of my beers are in bottle, I think I'll probably have to choose that one. So, nice one. yeah, bottle. Uh, malt forward or hop forward Ooh. or fruit forward? Uh, pro- probably f- fruit forward with the sort of styles of beers I make, but I'm, I'm a big fan of malt forward beers as well. Uh, whole fruit or puree? Oh, that's definitely whole fruit from my perspective. Uh, bottle conditioned or barrel aged oh does it have to be one or the other <laughs> um let's go let, yeah let's go let's go barrel aged i think uh grape or rhubarb oh that's another good one uh, i'm a big fan of both grapes and, and rhubarb as 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 uh, fruits to use in my beer so picking one is difficult but I've, I've just produced quite a lot of interesting um beers using grape skin so let's go let's go with grapes uh, onto the yeast and bacteria now. Uh, Saccharomyces or Brettanomyces? Yeah, well, they both have a role, but I'm a big fan of bre- bre- um, using Brett in my beers. Nice. And Lactobacillus or Pediococcus? Again, yeah, lac- Lacto plays a much more dominant role in the beers that I make, so yeah, got to go with that one. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Andy. No problem at all. For those that don't know you, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah, so my name's Andy, and I co-run Dolphin Brewery with my wife Laura. Um, Dolphin Brewery is located 
just outside Reading. It's a very small brewery. We operate in a garage. Um, and we make, all, we, make, we make beers that are uh, typified by being inspired by the seasons, um, often kind of fruity and sour or aged and characterful or uh, dry and drinkable. And can you take us back to the very beginning? Why beer and what was it that brought you here? Yeah, well, I think that's probably two different things that got out of control. So the first one being kind of my enthusiasm for beer and trying different beers and beer styles, and then which led on to um, uh, home brewing and then kind of getting rather carried away with that. So, yeah, so, so, I, so I think I'd probably trace back um, my enthusiasm for beer for probably my kind of like early or to, to mid-20s when I started going to camera beer festivals quite frequently and specifically the like the Reading Camera Beer Festival, which was like a large beer festival in the in the um, centre of Reading, close to where I lived, and an opportunity to try a huge range of different beers. And I think that was definitely the point where I noticed that I was starting to talk about beers more, uh, think about them more. Um, we would kind of work our way through the programmes and then alongside mates kind of talk about what beer you had and where it was from i think before that i was very much into pubs and pub culture but less less kind of focus on the specific beer that i was drinking um so yeah very much a kind of a real l kind of cask beer drinker uh, throughout my 20s um and then i i, I guess when the kind of so-called kind of craft beer scene start started like a, 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 in london i had friends who were living there who were very much kind of um, enthusiastic about that and I think I think to start off with I was probably a little bit um, resistant to it I, I I was I was familiar with my um, certain style of drinking um, I liked a nice pint that was um, yeah that was kind of quite quite drinkable and I to be honest I found some of the beers kind of um, well they were served in, often served in smaller measures and fizzier and highly flavored and I, I, it did take me a little bit of time to kind of appreciate those, but um, in in my own, I think it was 2013, I went to the McKellar kind of craft beer um, convention in Copenhagen, and I think when I went there, I was really kind of exposed to the kind of extremes of where beer could be taken in this, and there was all so many kind of what pushing the boundaries and like what what certainly seemed to me at the time kind of really interesting takes on on, on beer. And I, I think I, I kind of appreciated at that point how much creativity there was in beer. And I, I was certainly looking for a kind of, I felt like I was a kind of a suppressed creative person without kind of an avenue to be able to <laughs> kind of um, deploy that creativity. I'd, I think I'd, I'd, I was certainly a failed musician and I tried lots of other different things. And, and I kind of, I think I then started thinking about, well, maybe I should start trying to homebrew. And, 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 and I started homebrewing in 2013, um, as, as, as lots of people do, and um, with, a, with a fairly kind of basic kind of homebrew setup. And um, yeah, so, so yeah, so it was, it was homebrewing for, for, to, to start off with, trying to, um, well, just having fun, really, mm. trying to kind of emulate some of the... Um, some of the kind of the beer styles that I'd 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 I'd, I'd been sampling on, on on my travels, and um, yeah, I think um, I, I think there was definitely a tipping point where 
I, I, I kind of realized, I think it was probably coinciding with the fact that I was falling out of love with my day job. Um, and I was really looking for something else to, to, to do. Um, my day job wasn't in, in beer. I, I kind of have a kind of a project management, um, project management tea background. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I think I was probably looking for something else to do. I, I, I was kind of in my, in my mid-30s, really. So I, 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 I was conscious that it, I, it was going to be difficult for me to, to or financially to, to, to get an entry-level kind of brewing role. Or a, a lot, I think, I think there's a lot of the... Um, a lot of the kind of early or starting jobs in in in, in breweries are, are you kind of well often you have you've you've kind of just go and volunteer and just, and just help out and financially I wasn't really able to do that so um, so I went on a kind of a bit of a tangent really which is I signed I was able to get on to a um, a part time brewing masters course at Nottingham University um, it was yeah I, I certainly wasn't anywhere close to being qualified for it um the entry requirements were a a, a um an under, undergraduate science qualification um which i didn't have um i had an awful lot of enthusiasm on my application form um which was met by a uh, a call from the um the convener of the course who 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 basically rang me and said i can i can, I can sense that there's a, a passion for brewing here but when was the last time you studied science at, at academic level and mm-hmm. I was embarrassed to say that was at GCSE <laughs> level, so um, that, that certainly wasn't enough to get me on the on, on the course. But um, but but he was very um, gracious in allowing me to um, allowing me to to see to do the first module essentially and, and see how I got on, and that ultimately let me um, that ultimately led on to me completing the whole thing, kind of five mm-hmm. years later. Um, and then, having completed the masters, um, I then felt like I really had to do something with it. Yeah. And that's kind of when I started thinking about turning the brewery into a commercial setup. And that was that was so I was homebrewing in, in, in it's my parents' garage as well, which is um, there is a there's a kind of a reason why I mention that because obviously it it's presents other difficulties than than it being your own garage at home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was homebrewing with, with with my dad in 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 in, um, in their garage, and then eventually that led to me deciding to turn that into something that was commercial. Oh, brilliant! So when did you know that you were hooked on beer? Um, well, I think it was probably kind of somewhere around that time. Part, partly when like all of my, or, or I say my, but all of, um, well, mine and uh, my um, joint holidays with with Laura were just focused around. Beer, um, or, or every time I was going anywhere, it was it was um, we, we were planning in kind of tap room visits, or or looking at what pubs were there, or what breweries we could visit, or, or going to destinations because there was beer festivals that were going to be on. Um, so there was definitely um, an element of, of that where it, where it was like becoming kind of quite all uh, encompassing. But um, yeah, but, but and then with with home brewing. Like there, there is no need necessarily with homebrewing to be buying kind of new equipment all the time to be solving kind of every potential issue that you might have. And I was very much spending all of our money on new kit in order yeah. to be able to improve process. Exactly, yeah. Lots of the shiny, lots of the shiny stuff. Lots of the shiny stuff was purchased um, 
yeah, so there was, yeah, there was a combination of things. It was just, um, yeah, it was very, very, I was a very keen enthusiast, that's for sure. Um, you mentioned like a bit of a background in project management. Yeah. That kind of thing. How translatable was that experience um, and qualifications and anything else you brought with you into brewing? Yeah, well, I, I think very, I think very relevant. I think, um, yeah, I was, um, yeah, kind of wel- welcomed that question because I think from someone who is still arguably, I, I still feel like I'm on my journey rather than have, have reached kind of my, where I'm aiming to be. But um, for someone who's very much um, trying or is operating in 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 in, in, a, in the beer world, um, you, I kind of initially thought that it was not transferable. But I think um, that's probably as a site just discrediting that, that that experience to some extent because I think I think in more in, in recent times I'm actually really finding that the sort of project management, task management, like organizational prioritization skills that I kind of learned in the past are pr- proving very relevant um, in order to make sure that I'm focusing on the right thing, that I'm planning for the future properly. Um, and yeah, just to make sure that it's, um, yeah, that, that I'm, yeah, not kind of like running around without any clue as to what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite easy to do because there's lots. There was lots of different things to, lots, to do. Yeah, I think you need many hats. Exactly. Yeah, store, you? and only one of them is brewing beer. <laughs> yeah, but that's very true. What else did you need to brush up on or or develop? Uh, yeah, so I think the yeah, so the 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 master's course definitely gave me a very high level of brewing knowledge and understanding i mean arguably more than anyone ever really requires um i mean there was it's a, it was a three-year course that t- took me five years and it was and it was taught at a very kind of high level um so yeah so 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 to some extent i kind of understood the processes um and i guess i had that, that kind of project management organizational skills that allowed me the confidence to feel like i could run my own operation but um yeah, I, I I was definitely lacking in some like practical brewing skills that were yeah. beyond using my smaller home brewing <laughs> kit. Um, yes, yeah, which I which I kind of, I kind of to some extent I tried to address, um, but I'm not sure I fully addressed it yet. <laughs> and what kind of skills were they? Well, I guess really it was just like seeing how bigger a bigger operation ran. So I so I when I whilst I was living in London, I I did a day a week. Um, essentially kind of volunteering at a brewery called Mondo, which is in um, uh, like Battersea area in, in South London. And um, yeah, so I, th- I think that was, yeah, just just kind of teaching me how, well, what, I guess it taught me how much cleaning was involved in brewing. That, that was, I was, that was prim- my, prior, my primary kind of role <laughs> when I was there. <laughs> There's so, a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, so I did. I, was, I definitely learned how to... Um, yeah, clean properly, and I'm a very enthusiastic cleaner. So yeah. I'm, I'm 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 the sort of person which someone needs to come come along and tell me to it's it's fine now. I'm going to put be pulled. The mop needs to be pulled out of my hands, otherwise I'll just keep going forever. Yeah. I suppose that's the trouble with doing brewing science and knowing about all the little bugs and uh, yeah, things that are exactly. living there. And... There probably is an element of that. And I just think also my my personality. I like I like things to be quite perfect so yeah. it's um yeah so i don't think anything can ever be quite clean enough but um um but but also just and i i, I didn't have a practical brewing world there necessarily but i was i was watching and i was mm. seeing how things ran i was watching how the packaging lines ran i was seeing how the um 
well, seeing the interim brewing processes, I was learning a lot in, in my master's course around tanks and designs of things and it was able to, it allowed me to be able to picture things much better and to be able to see things in operation which um yeah which was actually really val- really, really valuable and um yeah definitely definitely part of the puzzle I, w- I was missing and what's the beer and brewing community been like as you've gone through this this journey of scaling up from home brewing to you know brewing at scale in your garage yeah so yeah so um, amazing really I don't think I can speak more positively around that i i think i probably had a kind of a misconception to start off with that because i was just some in my head some someone or or some um setup that was fairly small and insignificant in my garage no one no one would really have much time or time to be able to kind of uh talk to me but yeah definitely proved very wrong on that front um certainly like every brewery in the local brewery scene or beer scene and, and further afield has been incredibly kind of um good with their time and very helpful in in kind of in answering questions or teaching me parts of the processes that I'm not aware of or supporting me with um things I don't have uh, for, for for example um I, I, I often use Phantom's cold room double barrel have helped me with kegging I buy things that I need through other breweries mm-hmm. when I can't order it on the on the on the I, I, I try and limit the number of pallets that turn up to the, the garage it's quite <laughs> yeah. a residential area so <laughs> and I don't have anywhere to store things really right. so um yeah very helpful and actually in, in, in all, and, and and beyond breweries in terms of kind of re- retail um uh, vendors and, and bottle shops and, and pubs again as soon as I had beer to sell, I had people locally who were interested in stocking it, and um, that's obviously to ha- to have that support when you're starting off, and people who are going to like help you out in, in in order to be able to move things forward is is yeah is very grateful. And then I guess there's another step to that, which is the local beer drink drinkers, which are also kind of a big part of m- me being able to kind of move things forward um because we get an incredible amount of support by the local kind of beer drinking community and um and and yeah and, and loyal and loyal support as well that people people want to try want to buy our, or get hold of our releases and and we'll come back to the we sell at the farm reading farmers market we got we got lots of um regular customers coming to that so yeah so yeah, I, I guess it, it it's something that took me by surprise initially, and something that I've been very grateful for ever since. Um, are there any words of advice that you'd say to a young Andy or someone looking to get into brewing and doing what you've done? Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think probably I certainly I, I know some people's answer to this question is probably don't do it, but I <laughs> I certainly wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I think it's probably the, the way that you go about it, really, rather than saying don't. I, would, I certainly wouldn't want to kind of quash anyone's dreams of getting into mm-hmm. the brewing industry. I s- certainly had them, and and there's no reason why anyone can't make it work. Um, I, I think I probably would say 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 don't don't think that you can go from A to B instantaneously, and don't discredit the the. The kind of the, the journey that you have to 
to take and the experience that you're getting in, in between the, those stages. So I think probably it is going to it would be it would be difficult for anyone to kind of go from like from me, which is very little experience, to to owning a large brewery. But that's not to say that working in the beer industry in some capacity is an experience isn't um, isn't useful experience and the context that you make and the people that you meet. That's all of value. Um, so yeah, don't get frustrated with it and yeah, stick at it and have a long term goal. And so long as you're kind of broadly gathering some skills within that path, then I'm sure you'll get there eventually. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think there's yeah, definitely something about that about I don't there's not a traditional route in through all of these things, is there? You could I don't know, it could be any number of ways to do it, but you probably it's about in a way putting your time in, immersing yourself in in these things and yeah. I guess picking it up as you, as you go along. Definitely, yeah. I think I think there's definitely no. Um, it definitely should never be undervalued the importance of kind of relationship building and the people that you meet just by being present at events, whether that's at beer festivals and having an opportunity to speak to people from other breweries or working in a bar somewhere or. Just yeah, or just popping into tap rooms and talking to people. All, all of that is is useful, and um, and people are there to help. So yeah, take advantage of it. <laughs> what does your average week look like these days? Yeah, so yeah, so it is something that would be quite variable. Um, I, I guess the these days, a lot of my focus over the last, over, over this year and specifically has been trying to, to grow the brewery. Um, I, I've been in the garage for three and a half years and yeah I don't think I said at the beginning but the brew was set up in 2020 um, and it was always supposed to be kind of a way to uh, to um, allow me to kind of build experience in kind of recipe development and um, developing the brand and um, and building local demand and, and, and following, but it was it was only, it was always supposed to be. It was never the end goal, really. It was supposed to be a starting point. Yeah, I wonder if you can describe your garage setup that you use as well at the moment. Yeah. because people might hear garage and have one thing in their mind. But <laughs> yeah, that's can true, you yeah. take us there and paint a picture of uh, what yeah. is, what the space is like? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's um, yeah. I mean, with the doors closed, it would just look like any other residential garage. You would have no clue that there's a, a stealth brewery. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. a stealth brewery. You'd have no. Um, you wouldn't really really know that the brew a brew was there at all. So it's uh, it's in a cul-de-sac, um, in a yeah, in just outside Reading, and it's um, yeah, a, a, a kind of a standard single garage um, from the outside. But then from from the inside, um, yeah, we've kind of converted it into yeah, small a, a small brewery. So there's the the, the sort of the, the standard vessels that you'd see in a much bigger brewery, just on, on a smaller scale. So we go through exactly the same process, just. Um, just yeah, with a, on a smaller batch size. Um, there's lots of freezers now because I, I I like to require lots of fruit in season and um, and then to be able to have it available for when I need it. So you have quite, quite a lot of freezer space, quite a lot of fridge space. Um, every time I've thought that, that we couldn't fit anything else in the garage, we've been able to find a way. But I think we're definitely reaching the point where that's not going to be possible any any longer. Um, I mean, there's also lots of what, what, what I'm kind of uh, like aging tanks um, where uh, I have beer kind of sitting on fruit for 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 a period of time. Um, we make 
beers that are, that are kind of a quicker turnaround process and beers that take take, take longer. But um, but yeah, so I, but I try and have like three or four beers that are aging. And other than that, there's, um, yeah, there's not really much room for anything else. That's pretty, pretty much it, really. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just a, 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 a residential garage, really. But yeah, definitely trying to kind of move things on on from there. Um, and yeah, so that's what really what my focus has been this year because I yeah as, as I was saying I think I, I, I kind of in my head I thought like, maybe like a year or so but obviously there's been various challenges that have kind of delayed pro- progress somewhat but yeah. um yeah but three and a half years later it's definitely time to look look at kind of what what's next and that's certainly what's been occupying and uh, a, a, a kind of a, a large amount of my time recently uh, but in addition to that there's all, all of the elements of production and packaging and then um yeah making sure that you can sell the beer and make sure you have the ingredients that you need and the things that you need when you require them um i'm on my i'm probably on my laptop at least kind of like one or two two days a week sometimes and yeah. in in total in terms of just doing accounts <laughs> like updating the stuff. website yeah, yeah. <laughs> various things like that yeah. so 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 there is um yeah there is a number of different jobs involved when there's very few people running the yeah. running the operation yeah and uh how much of your time is spent brewing per week if you're focusing at the moment on I guess growing the business uh, yeah at the moment not not a huge amount so i brewed brewed a number of beers over the over the summer really so they could be a- aging and um uh yeah and I've, i'm brewing i, I brew I brewed this week and I'm brewing next week, but then I probably won't brew again until next year at some some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, quite quite infrequently, really. I probably I don't, I don't imagine I've brewed more than about fifteen times in the whole year. So yeah, yeah not 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 a huge amount. I mean, in previous years, probably probably more than that. I was trying to produce as much as possible, but the, the, that was to the detriment of me being able to move move things forward. Um, so I've definitely tried to slow off production a bit have i've got a number of beers on the go that are, that are aging so that i've got i will have um a number of beers that i can package um in the next kind of two or three months but um yeah i've definitely tried to slow production down to allow me enough time to try and move things forward because that's also requires quite a lot of time and effort and looking for new premises and yeah and pl- business plans and things like that so and so you have quite an interesting model and in I guess you're you're brewing beer, whether it's beer to sell now or beer that you're aging for a while before selling. But you kind of periodically open your online shop, and you have you're present at different markets and things to sell it. Um, how do, how does that work? And I guess how did that come around? Yeah, yeah. So we, so when we started, we um, we started kind of as I said, 2020, and it was lockdown sort of time, and and so yep. So we needed to. Be able to sell beer via online shop just because there, there was not a huge number of routes to get getting it to to, to customers. So um, yeah, so the, so, the, so we opened our when when we opened the brewery, the online shop was very much part of it, mm-hmm. um, and and but, but because of the um, largely because of the we don't have a huge volume, but also due to li- licensing, we tend to. Um, we we tend to open the shop infrequently, so we would we were doing it where we opened for like a day, sold a load of bottles, and then we'd open another day when we had mm-hmm. stock. 
Um, now we're tending to open and keep the shop open for a week. Yeah. And the next time we're doing that is um, in, in, in December. So, and that's December the 9th, the online shop will open and uh, yeah, for, for a week and then for, for, deliver, and then for deliveries when the shop ends. Um, but yeah, also Reading Farmer's Market, we, we sell at. Um, again, that was something that was still open whilst um, during lock, lockdowns. And, and so it was, uh, again, it was allowed us to, to, to um, have a, a route to market. Um, but, but, it, but, but also, we, uh, we, we really like the farmer's market. It's definitely something that we're really pleased we do. It's part of our plan to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just that we're small, that we're at the farmer's market. We think we'll continue to do that as we get a little bit bigger. Um, just because it's a really good opportunity for us to be able to sell directly to um, the people who buy our beer, but also it's um, it, it's it allows us opportunity to reach kind of a new audience as well. There's 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 plenty of people that come to the farmers market that aren't coming thinking that they're going to buy a dolphin sour. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes when they queued up for their eggs and donuts, they come and see us. And um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's um, th- that's always good because I always really liked. Um, the opportunities to be able to sell beer to new new people and also people that may have n- not tried that style of beer before. That's the um, yeah, that's always very fulfilling. And you mentioned your wife Laura, yeah, uh, who's also co-owner of the the brewery. But how do you divide your roles between the two of you? Yeah, so yeah, so it's very much is a p- partnership. I don't think I would be able to do it without her. Um, and yeah, so I largely focus on the production side of things so I, I make the beer and um to some extent kind of like plan which beers that we're going to make um I guess Laura is much more focused on the more creative part of the brewery and how we present ourselves to the public um she's a um yeah she's kind of a communications branding professional so that's more of her area um yeah and yeah we're both very present at markets and if we're at beer festivals we try and um we try and both attend those we 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 try and present ourselves as a partnership in managing the brewery and and how we sell our beer We, we we kind of are relationship is kind of integral to the the brand and and social media we're not we we don't we want people to know us we want to meet people we want people to kind of be invested in us so um and and we 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 kind of make quite a lot of effort collectively in um in in kind of meeting our customers and knowing something about them and, and and building kind of relationships with them that's not kind of a a deliberate kind of sneaky thing we actually enjoy doing that it's, yeah. it's kind of it's not kind of like we're going to get to know you and it's like a marketing ploy it's, it's just natural. actually it's just as a natural yeah. part of the of, of the business we 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 enjoy that part of it a lot i want to talk about as well about your beautiful branding that you have on your bottles and i'll pop a link to this in the show notes so people can click on it and have a look through but it's a really a simple elegant line drawing that you've got that kind of gives the, the silhouette the outline of a of a dolphin and it carries through 
we were other branding. But how did that come around? Yeah, so I think when we started, uh, I say we, but this is probably very much more Laura. So, <laughs> um, so when, but when we were um, thinking about branding, obviously we needed to achieve certain things. One, one we obviously wanted it to be kind of like rec- recognisable. Um, we definitely wanted it to be kind of quite clean and quite straightforward, quite quite simple. Um, we were also we was we also particularly didn't want it to be overly masculine in in in, in its appear in its appearance. We wanted it to look inviting for every, everyone, um, and I guess also we wanted to be able to have label variations which weren't going to cost us <laughs> loads yeah. of money. Um, so so I guess the, there's a certain element of the simplicity that is driven by the fact that we can't have a new label every time just because we're. A small brewery and having p- yeah. paying for kind of rede- redesigned labels, but but ha- having said that, I, I still think we would probably keep a certain element of that simplicity, that kind of um, cleanness that we we um, that we have in our labels. I mean, I've it's, it's funny when you when you first when you first kind of when we first had it, it's it's like I really really like like how clean it is. It's the sort of thing when I think this is with, with anything when you when you're looking at something so much, so much <laughs> and you're not looking at it with like f- fresh eyes I, over a period of time I, I start to kind of wonder oh, how, is it is it too simple? But um, a, f- a friend of uh, mine who um, who actually runs Wilderness, Wilderness Brewery in in, in Mid Wales once said to me that he um, he thought it was confident and I and I um, yeah that's what I go for now because I think confident is um yeah it's, it's probably a good word to, to describe them it also looks like um to me anyway it's like uh, echoes of wine branding yeah um certainly echoes of mixed firm and things like that so you've got all those sorts of cues i think as well as well as it being certainly less masculine and yeah and we're definitely going to push that further when we start doing beers that are aged in, in barrel and when we start to move to bigger batch sizes mm-hmm. um which will coincide with kind of like refreshing the brand a little bit and yeah. um and yeah definitely kind of moving in that direction e- even more so really what would you say your brewing philosophy is well i think i like beers to be kind of quite straightforwardish. I, I mean i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure that describes my my beers but um i, de- I definitely i definitely in, in terms of the st- style there's definitely a thread I think that runs through the beers that, that I make and in, in, in that um uh I definitely feel that they're fairly light and and drinkable for for sour, for sour beer um they're, they're quite dry so then they're not sweet and thick sour beers um they're the sort of sour beers I I, I hope that people would want to have more than one of um they're they're light but also pack quite a big kind of fruit character i'm not sure that's a brewing philosophy but yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what i've been doing in terms of the the beers that i make i've got yeah a question as well about your levels of sourness which i saw you referenced okay, on yeah. your, your website you're known for making sour beers how do yeah. you approach that yeah so in terms of, yeah, in terms of level of level of sourness i mean if you were to measure sourness by a on a ph meter a measure acidity in in, in that way they're probably fairly sour but then i i personally would would never describe them as that because i don't think that they're ever that much more sour than the fruits that have been used in them there's um, a beer that i've released recently with, with black currants black currants are arguably have a tartness and a, a sourness associated with them i've m- mellowed that out by blending with a with a kind of with a rye saison and um yeah i i, I don't think the finished product is 
particularly sour, but obviously it's a scale. Um, but I, I, I do sometimes I do sometimes worry that kind of sour is used as a term that might be kind of off-putting to people. So I mean, the, the kind of the beer world describe the beers that I make as sour, but I mean, in another parallel dimension, they might be described as fruit beer. Yeah, <laughs> and sour just wouldn't be a term that would be at the forefront of descript mm-hmm. as a descriptor and. A sourness might be an, an element to it, but it wouldn't be the first word that you'd necessarily come to. And I, I, sometimes, I, I just, sometimes it's just um, I'm conscious that of of the word sour to people that may not drink beer or or this style of beer frequently might be might be kind of off putting. And and actually, when people have said to me, "Oh, I don't like." sour beer and then they have tried the beer they often like it so, so I'm, I'm I, I do worry about kind of the 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 kind of the um yeah what, what the 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 kind of the essence of what what sourness kind of conjures up in in people's um minds but yeah I don't think that that's sour. <laughs> yeah I think that's really interesting about whether it's fruit beer or sour beer yeah to, to your point that yeah lots of people have I don't maybe had a sour beer likewise had a really bitter I don't know, West Coast IPA, and mm. then they think all beers are like that. Yeah. I think with all these things, it's a scale, isn't it? And you can, you're moving up and down. Exactly. Like parameters on things. Exactly, it? yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there are, again, I think a lot of people sometimes would, would, would try kind of like a Belgium, like Gers or Lambic, and, which is very, very dry, and, 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 and perceive and, and often can not have hardly any fruit, fruit in them at all. And, and can perceive um, like a real high level of acidity, um, but actually, in my in my beers with with not there's not a huge amount of residual sweetness, but there is there is a certain amount. And with the the fruit character to balance things out, yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't think that they're they're, they're not that, that much more acidic than well, they're not than wine or cider or, yeah. or, or other similar sort of drinks. And what's the thing that you enjoy the most about brewing? Yeah, I think probably probably this probably is what we touched on a little bit uh, earlier when I talked about um, like selling beer and then and and having a present presence at Reading Farmers Market. I, de- I definitely feel like it's the end product where you've where you've got a beer that you're you're happy with and that you're um, selling it with confidence in it. To people that um, are hopefully going to enjoy it, and whether that's at the uh, market or at um, beer festivals, which we've been invited to a, a few recently, that's certainly the point where I feel most fulfilled in, in the process. Um, I mean, the, 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 in, in terms of production, I, I, I quite like the conceptual part of it, thinking about the beer and trying to design the recipe and 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 what fruits I might use and what yeast or, or or microbes i might might use in the process um but yeah very much the, the the bit that i find most rewarding would be the 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 latter part of the process where you're where well yes yeah, especially a, a bit beer festival where you're actually pouring beer and you kind of get an instant reaction um whether that's positive or, or not <laughs> it's, it's still it's still nice to be able to have that kind of interaction with the with with them um, people that are buying beer from you yeah and would you i guess on that point would you prefer being on the 
one side of the counter serving beer or on the other side of the counter drinking beer? Well, I think these days, I think there's definitely been a switch because the answer to that years ago would definitely have been the drinking part of the process. Um, but I think as I've, um, as I've, yeah, as I've kind of, as the brewery's developed and probably as I've developed skills I definitely didn't have in the past, I, I think I feel like I've much more enjoyed the part of interacting with with them. Um, yeah, with, with with the people that are buying the beer, having kind of conversations with them and chatting about the beers that I've made. So, and has your uh, brewing process changed much since you first started? Yeah, I think there definitely is. There definitely has been shifts in 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 from the from from a process perspective. I mean, we we now naturally carbonate all our beer. That wasn't necessarily always. Haven't been doing that. Was there a particular reason for that? Uh, but partly because it's more in line with the direction of travel that I intend to, to go in. Most kind of mixed culture, kind of barrel-aged, blended sour or uh, aged beers are, uh, are naturally carbonated in, in, in bottle. Um, and so it kind of felt like I I, um, I was kind of moving in, the, in that direction anyway, so I might as well move with all of the beers I was producing. Um, but there was a very kind of like processy thing around packaging carbonated beers for me on the was very 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 time consuming yeah. uh, i had a counter pressure bottling machine which um if anyone isn't aware it's um it, it yeah it allows you to kind of pressurize the bottle and 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 package beer that is has been carbonated without all of the carbonation being lost uh but it it, it, it yeah it was do one bottle at a time, and it was really, really, really slow. Yeah. <laughs> like it would, it, it would, um, it would take me, yeah, hours to to, to package on like a like 120, 130 liters. So, yeah, moving to packaging uncarbonated beer is just much, much quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and so I now have like a six-headed counter, um, no, six-headed like bottling machine where, um, yeah, gravity bottling machine which uh, yeah which packages beer that isn't carbonated and um yeah i can package i can package my whole like bright tank in a, like about an hour so nice. yeah so it makes it so it makes yeah. a lot it makes me enjoy that part of the process a lot more than i used to yeah absolutely and then people are getting bottle conditioned beer exactly yeah. yeah yeah exactly and i and, and there is an uh, there is a definitely uh, like i do like beers that have been naturally carbonated i mean a lot of people would argue that there's no difference but i mean i i think having yeast in the bottle in contact with the beer still kind of cleaning things up and doing 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 its job is um not necessarily a bad thing what's your favorite ingredient to brew with yeah i think i think in terms of core ingredients i think i probably would pick yeast um I really have enjoyed experimenting with different yeast strains to kind of value the flavor kind of um the yeah, the flavor profile that different yeasts can bring and also just how critical yeast is in the in the process of making good beer and oh, and how how it can also 
be very critical in making bad beer as well. <laughs> it's uh, definitely known for lots of off, off flavors. That, that that's for sure. But um, yeah, and, and and more so when I've been kind of in experimenting with kind of Brettanomyces yeast, which is yeast that is um, not traditionally used as commercially available brewing yeast. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed. Yeah, experiment. Well, yeah, but I mean, Brett produces a huge range of. Um, fruity flavors which is the sort of the sort of bread strains that i like to use um and yeah just, yeah that's definitely not everyone is doing that but when you get a particular strain that produces a huge amount of pineapple or something for example it's pretty yeah it's pretty amazing really because you like there's no pineapple in there but it tastes <laughs> very very pineapple <laughs> and how do you balance like yeast and bacteria do you use both in all your brews or do you does it vary depending on what you're making? Yeah, so some almost all the beers that we make now would have bac- bacteria in them. Um, so yeah, so that would be like lactobacillus culture of a, of a couple of different strains um, that would be pitched in with the yeast at the start of fermentation. So all of my beers are made through co-pitching both yeast and bacteria. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess that there are times where I probably there are certain beers I do where I would want a little bit of acidity from back from the bacteria without too much um and in those instances like recently so I've just brewed a, 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 a an iteration of a beer called outlaw which is a Brett parallel that I do with peach mm-hmm. um I do pitch bacteria in that but I kind of control it through hops because yeah. the bacteria is quite hop sensitive um, and so it, it allows a little bit of acidity, but without getting too much. Mm-hmm. And if it did start getting too much, I would just dry hop it and it stops. Yeah. <laughs> Good old hops. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think people would be surprised to know about beer and brewing? There's obviously, there's a lot about it that's not not brewing. <laughs> um, in, in terms of kind of managing a brewery, um, I mean, my own set up um there's a lot of time spent on processing fruit um fruit like chopping fruit yeah. managing fruit processing fruit it's um kind of a big part of my 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 particular brewery that's another hat you're wearing entirely there <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> it is yeah it's sort of um i think the the fruit element of the beers that we produce is probably not really um not really particularly con- con- considered but because i always use like whole fruit and sometimes foraged ingredients and so there can not, there can be quite a lot of effort involved in in that so um yes yeah, so i've recently been doing a couple of beers with with red currants and we picked 50 kilos over 50 kilos of red currants from a field in um it was from an um a a a um a, a kind of a pick your own farm that had been stopped and being run as a commercial venture because the couple who ran it had retired um but there was i knew there was still like plenty of fruit in the field so i asked if i could um well i, I asked if it was still available and they said yeah go and help yourself and so i, so I felt like I, I needed to kind of take advantage of that so um yeah so pick pick lot pick lots of red currants um but yeah my mum and dad are very helpful in that as well they they, they helped me with they helped me a lot with the um processing of the fruit and picking fruit and 
picking elderflowers and elderberries and all the other kind of forage things that we go out for. Certainly an element that I really like and definitely an element that we want to try and exploit more when we grow, especially if we move out of the garage to somewhere that's more rural. On that topic then, where do you want to go with the Dolphin Brewery? Yeah, so yeah, so 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 the immediate step really is to um yeah, is is to be able to yeah, as I say, move out move move out of the garage, find somewhere that's bigger. I mean, I mean, I've been I've been very much looking for a um like a barn, some something that's like quite rustic, quite characterful, something that's probably more rural than on an industrial site because it fits with the seasonal part of the brewery and just with the with where I want to take things, really. Um, I mean, I've, I was, as, as, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I was kind of close to, um, close to kind of sorting leases out on a couple of places, which sadly fell through. Um, and I think actually probably what that might mean is that in the immediate future, I might have to compromise a little bit on the end goal, which is very much in the countryside, quite rural, quite characterful, mm-hmm. um, because there's just a, practical element to um getting a space like that viable for running a brewery in yeah um but yeah so in the in the in the immediate the immediate plan really is to get bigger get barrels get some beer get more beer aging in barrels because i've mm-hmm. although i've been able to uh, acquire some barrels i've not been able to use them because there's just there's just no space in, in the garage for that um so the direction of travel is, is is very much to be able to age beer and barrel, blend, age on fruit, um, and re- release beers that are, um, yeah, more beers like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that the, the the sort of the beers that we do at the moment, I, I intend to do those as well. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 also the the plan is not to set up a brewery at the at the new the new place. Mm-hmm. The idea is that I'll be doing work production off-site okay, yeah. and then using the new location um for yeah for, for just fermentation and maturation aging th- yeah. things like that um but yeah i think the um yeah that's very much the immediate goal but there is still a ultimate goal of having a more destination place mm-hmm. somewhere that's in the countryside um or in a rural, rural setting but uh, yeah it might there might be another there might be another um, iteration of the brewery before I get to that point. Would you be bringing the wild yeast from your garage with you to the, to the new place? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Actually, I've never really cultivated the garage yeast yet. But um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, maybe not <laughs> from, the, from the dusty rafters above the, the brew kettle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I've never used any of the. So far, all the yeast that I've used is um, yeah. yeah, been commercially available or just on the fruits that I that I use. But um. Yeah, I'm not sure the uh, garage yeast is going to be up to up to scratch. On. <laughs> what would you say is your favourite beer to drink? I think of all of the questions, this is probably the most difficult one. <laughs> Just one beer. This, this, that's, yeah, but I always find that one quite difficult. I mean, it's definitely something that in that in, in the uh, in my beer, beer drinking career, it's definitely something that I've thought about um, c- quite a lot. I think. I mean, I it's difficult. I think if I if I if I go back to the beers that I enjoy drinking most and I, I will probably the start, starting point to this is I enjoy all beer I enjoy all beer styles I, yeah. I very much think that the my favourite beer is the one that I've 
pick that's most appropriate for that time with, with the people that I'm with or not. I'm very happy to drink <laughs> alone at, my home, at home as well or out. Um, as long as there's beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, if I was to, yeah, my, I'm, I, I'm still quite drawn to, um, like, yeah, cask beer in, 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 in pubs more from the not, um, yeah, fairly kind of sessionable strength. Um, so yeah, so you, it always used to be things like um, like Oakham Citra. Or locally, I've, I've always always been a big fan of a lot lot and Hullabaloo. I've like really really enjoy, enjoy that beer. Um, I, I and uh, yeah, all all like Andy 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 Parker at Elusive's kind of cask like Pale Ales. I've always kind of draw, drawn to those. Um, but I guess if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna have to pick something, I'm a, I'm a, I'm also a big fan of like Bel- Belgian beer and. Um, and yeah, Rochefort Ten has always been a, a, like a, a like a particular favourite of mine. Um, it's, it's obviously not the sort of beer that I'd go and like ha- have a session on, but, <laughs> but a beer that's kind of that I come back to uh, semi regularly that, that I really appreciate for its um, kind of complexity, yet kind of like drinkability, and it's um, yeah, it's lovely kind of caramelly kind of uh, dried fruit kind of character to it which um yeah it's, it, uh, i think you're yeah it's 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 my favorite beer on some occasions but <laughs> i have yeah. lots of favorite beers yeah i'm a strong proponent for right beer for the right time exactly yeah, yeah. Always, <laughs> always a good beer for that moment, yeah isn't there absolutely yeah. um and what's your best place to enjoy a beer yeah i think i i think for this then it it, it very much is a, is, is a is a pub for me um i mean i i, I enjoy I, I enjoy the variety of kind of beer drinking establishments mm-hmm. that we're fortunate to have locally and, and further afield um i really enjoy kind of the t- a tap room experience and um and 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 and, and beer festivals but i don't think anything can quite top a kind of um a nice kind of local pub or, or country pub or something that just feels well something that has often lots of kind of history to it and 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 often something where lots of people before me have in, enjoyed that space and um yeah there's something just very kind of comforting about uh, enjoying a, a beer in a in a nice pub so yeah pubs pub, pubs for me yeah, love a pub <laughs> excellent um what's the one thing you wish people knew about beer you know, what do you think is the biggest misconception people might have? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess there's an element of it like, depends who we're talk, talking about in, in this question. But I, I mean, I, I, I think probably the, the, the kind of the, the a misconception that I, I guess sometimes come against um, is that people think there's not a beer f- for them, um, and I would probably argue that these days there probably is a beer for most people. I mean, I, I've had some experience working in um, um, in like bottle shops and pubs, and and I think I would, yeah, I I, I personally would be up for the challenge of feeling like I could find a beer for for, for most people. So I think when 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 um, when someone says they don't don't like beer, I think I think that probably is a some level of misconception really because mm. i think there's such a variety now that there is um yeah it's definitely something 
We're for quite someone. lucky now. I mean, previously the palette of beers you had to pick from was quite small, but exactly. there's so many now. Exactly, and there is. And I mean, there's there's beers for people who don't drink alcohol. There's beers for people who, um, yeah, who who might appreciate wine. There's beers for people who might more appreciate something that tastes like a soda or something. Yeah. There's, 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 there's so many different things that I'm sure there is something for everyone. And um, yeah, I think if, if, if someone's experience of beer means that they've written off the whole world of what beer can offer, I think that's, um, yeah, that's, there's probably something that could be addressed there. Excellent. Um, if tomorrow you were made Prime Minister of the beer industry, are there any changes that you'd make? <laughs> oh, Prime Minister of the beer industry. That's... I think that's a position that exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd want the job. Though. <laughs> um, I don't know, really. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, well, there's there's probably kind of a, quite a, a, a trivial thing here. If I was made Prime Minister of the beer industry, I'd like a way of being able for people to be able to try a lot more beers that they may not necessarily buy. So kind of, I guess, leading on to my, 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 point, my point previously, I think I'd probably send everyone a pack of uh, samples of, 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 of a range of different beer styles so that they have exposure to these things. So I think there's, there's, there's definitely a thing whereby if you've never tried a 750ml bottle of mixed fermentation sour, you, you, you really, you, a lot of people are just never going to ever buy, buy that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, we once was involved in a, um, in a, in a beer club that was run by um, the Grumpy Goat beer shop in, in Reading. And, um, and uh, yeah, well, and we, 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 we um, it was a crossover blendery, beer that was part part of beer club and everyone absolutely loved it and everyone went and bought a bottle and but no one was buying that no one was buying that bottle before and there's definitely something about kind of exposure and and people having opportunity to to try things because if if more people had those opportunities then there'd be a lot more people buying that style of beer yeah um so yeah that's probably quite a, a trivial point but um but I, but I guess also just um, yeah uh, again yeah just making sure that yeah all places where people buy beer is kind of welcoming and as accepting as uh, for, for 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 everyone as they as they as they can be because um, I certainly remember when I was kind of getting into what was what what's what's termed craft beer. Um, like so yeah some sometimes it didn't necessarily feel like it was for me and and it was the interactions I had with people and bars didn't necessarily feel welcoming it was almost kind of felt like it was a bit of a club and I think the more that those barriers can be broken down in in the sense of beer is a kind of a club for certain type of people and not for others and more that it's a kind of it's it's kind of for everyone and there's something there for everyone um and so yeah, the more that it's accessible and inviting and welcoming for everyone, all the better for it, really. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely think that beer is for everyone. And, yeah. Uh, more the merrier, and there's, there was definitely a thing, and probably still is, with craft beer, that it's a little bit gate-kept. 
as into who's welcome yeah. uh, within it. And that. What are you excited about in beer? Um, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, there's, 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 in, in some way, in some way, beers or, or kind of um, the newer kind of craft beer scene is, is quite young, really. I mean, obviously, it's obviously there's maybe like ten years or so in this country, um, um, so it's, it's definitely established. But there's, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm very much looking forward to seeing kind of where the breweries that are uh, that are still around where they're taking things in kind of the 20 30 years time it's um and and, and certainly I've, I've been traveling around recently visiting lots of like breweries slash blenderies certainly breweries that have a, a beer stock in barrels and um yeah i mean a lot of the a lot of the blenderies bar kind of maybe little earth project or, or burning sky and even they're not very old um a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the barrel stock is kind of fa- fairly young so it, for me i'm really excited about a time where breweries have got plenty of beer that's like four years old or three years old and a blending from different years and a there's an occasional batch from 10 years old and i think at the moment there's not so much of that there's there's lots of breweries that are kind of building that stock up but there's not that not the same level of depth of um beer sitting in barrels as, as in belgium or, or or maybe parts of the states right. can you imagine the collaborations you could have from one brewery to another who's uh, <laughs> blending together several like three or four year old barrels That's true actually yeah that would be amazing there's definitely a time where there could be quite a lot of that and different breweries are all pulling in a barrel of three-year-old and um, barrel-aged beer which there's not that many breweries at the moment that could yeah. do that. Uh, what have you got coming up at Dolphin Brewery? Well, I th- we pro- we're probably kind of getting to the end of the the, the kind of calendar of, of events that we've had this year. So we've we've actually been fortunate enough to have presents at quite a few festivals, which is was kind of definitely beyond my expectation. So we've um, yeah we've been at Little Earth Fest and and Rivington and and recently at Salford Beer. Beer, beer festival um as well as some others but um but in terms of what what's left um so we've got our on our, our we're opening up our online shop before christmas that's probably the main uh opportunity for people who are living in the local area to be able to buy beer directly from us um so that opens on the 9th of december and it will be open for a, a week, and then then we tend to do deliveries in one 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 kind of um, batch after that. And um, yeah, that's 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 the main thing. I think um, I'm trying to think if I've got anything in the diary for for, for next year, but I, I don't think I have. I don't think I really have at this point. Is the plan to do more festivals and things like that? Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very much so. I mean, we've really in, in, enjoyed that this year, and we've been felt felt quite fortunate considering our size to be able to be invited to some beer festivals that certainly been personal favorites of mine um yeah i think yeah we de- definitely want to do more and i and i and i and i'm making a kind of deliberate effort actually to start kegging a little bit more than i have been um most of our beer at the moment has been really um restricted to local 
bottle shops and 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 from our online shop locally and from the farmers market which is also lo- local um but because we've not had opportunity to expand this year whilst i'm in the process of making that happen i'm trying to produce more kegs which i think which will mean i will start trying to ship those out a bit further further afield um just because there's um yeah there's only so much of kind of talking about your beer on a national level but then not having beer to supply that's um yeah i need to kind of try and do something about that but yeah more festivals and hopefully trying to get the beer out a bit further afield but hopefully a good position to be in that there's more demand at the moment than beer you can make so you're just i guess going to be working towards making more beer and building those relations at the same time exactly yeah yeah it's definitely been yeah definitely been good to be able to have the time in the garage to be able to build connections with people who run bottle shops around the country and and to to kind of build a certain level of demand for the beer um yeah there's now now time to yeah to make that make that happen and actually try and get some beer out a bit further afield so yeah heading in the right direction though fantastic so I think that's probably all we've got time for today, but I just want to say thanks very much, Andy. Uh, where can people follow you and keep up to date with everything Dolphin Brewery? Yeah, uh, well, thanks very much, Rob. Yeah, cheers for having me on the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, we have our web shop, which our website, which is www.dolphinbrewery.co.uk or, or um, .com. And, yeah, there, there you can find out a bit about us and some blogs and things on there, although... I must confess I've not written one for quite some time um but also we have presence on 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 social media all of the usual places our handle is dolphin brewery in all places other than x which it is brewery dolphin oh brilliant well thank you very much for that say cheers to that yeah cheers thank you very much cheers So thank you very much for listening and I hope you can join me on the next one. And this is the part where I ask for your help. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review or rating or share it with others. This really helps us out and helps other people find the podcast, particularly as we're starting out. And you can follow us on social media, search for We Are Beer People, all one word. You can also email us at wearebeerpeoplepod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Share your thoughts and if you have any recommendations for beer people you'd like to hear from. And until next time, don't forget, you, me, us, them, we are all beer people.